morning, everyone. Grace to you and peace from God, the Creator, and from Jesus Christ, our Teacher and Redeemer, and from the Holy Spirit, who binds us together in Christian worship. I want to welcome everyone to worship this morning, whether you are here in person or joining us on on Zoom. We are so glad you have chosen to worship with us today. We begin our worship by lighting the Christ candle. Whenever we do this, we remember Jesus' promise in the Gospel of Matthew that wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Now, as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I would invite you to use the words in the bulletin as a centering prayer to help guide you into this time and space as we listen to the prelude. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in the call to worship. What must we do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. 
Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Give thanks to God's holy name. And let us remain upright and body remain upright in spirit as we join together in singing hymn number 267, Come Christians, Join to Sing. saving love. Make us one as you are one, so that all the world will see your glory and know your love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Trusting in the promise of grace, let us tell the whole truth about ourselves and beg God's mercy for the renewal and amendment of our lives. Let us pray. Merciful God, raise our sights and our hopes, even as we yearn for your glorious inheritance, we settle for so much less. Even as we long to behold the extraordinary, 
we keep our eyes fixed on the ground, even as we hope to inherit your glorious kingdom, we keep our hearts attuned to earthly power, even as we desire to rest in the arms of your love, we listen to voices that sow discord. May your Holy Spirit find us when, when the one who ascended on high returns to his own. Hear us as we confess to you in the silence of our own hearts. Friends, Wait patiently for the spirit to stir your spirit. Wait hopefully to be filled by the living God. For God justifies our hope, and Christ fills our cup with, with power, power from on high. Alleluia. People of God, Christ offers his glorious inheritance among the saints. Rest in this blessed assurance as we share signs of the peace of Christ with one another. The peace of Christ be with you all. And also, also. with you. Peace. Peace be with all of you. And as we share this peace, I would invite any young people in our midst to come forward for a children's message. Good morning. How are you? Good. So, I want to ask you guys, are either of you afraid of snakes? Yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah. In the words of Indiana Jones, snakes. Why'd it have to be snakes? I don't like snakes at all. How about the dark? Do you ever get afraid of the dark? Every time? Oh my goodness. Well, the fact is, we are all afraid of something. Um, anybody here afraid of flying? Yeah, we got a couple. We got a couple. You, you don't want to let your arms get tired. <laughs> He's heard that one before. I once heard about a famous football coach who was so afraid of flying that he would only travel by bus. In fact, he was so afraid of flying that he bought his own bus. I read that the bus cost him $800,000. I guess if you're afraid to fly, it helps if you can afford to fly, buy your own bus. What about clowns? Anybody afraid of clowns? I am. They creep me out. <laughs> heights. Anybody afraid of heights? We got, well, yeah, we got some. That's it. That's a common one. What about insects, bugs? You're not afraid of bugs. You pick them up all the time. <laughs> yeah, bugs, creepy, crawly things. They crawl all over you. Well, one day, Jesus was with his disciples in the temple. And the disciples were talking about how beautiful the temple was when Jesus began to tell them about some things that were going to happen. 
He told them that the temple would one day be destroyed and that there would be wars and earthquakes and people going hungry. He also told them that they, they were going to be not treated very well, that they were going to be persecuted and even thrown into prison. And those, those would be pretty scary things, don't you think, for Jesus to tell them? Yeah. It would be understandable for the disciples to be afraid. But Jesus told them, do not be afraid. He promised that he would be with them and that not a hair on their heads would be harmed if they put their trust in him. Jesus has also promised to help us when we are afraid. Everybody is afraid of something. Like clowns. (laughs) And fear can be a good thing. It can sometimes keep us safe, like You don't want to get too close to the edge, right? Or stay away from that snake. But we shouldn't let our fears keep us from enjoying everything that Jesus wants us to have in our lives. Because after all, Jesus has promised to help us when we are afraid. Will you pray with me? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we put our faith and trust in your promise to be with us when we are afraid. Amen. Holy God, whose voice is heard in the thunder and in the silence, speak to us now by the power of your spirit that we may hear your word for us today. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Amen. Our Psalter lesson this morning comes to us from the 97th Psalm. The Lord is king. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and consumes his adversaries on every side. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like the wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all the peoples behold his glory. All servants of images are put to shame. Those who make their boast in worthless idols, all gods bow down before him. Zion hears and is glad, and the towns of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O God. For you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. He guards the lives of his faithful. He rescues them from the hand of the wicked. Light dawns for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I did a little bit of shuffling of the liturgy this morning. So now we are going to rise in body or remain upright in spirit to sing our second hymn, number 358.
from the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verses 12 through 21. Listen for the word of God. See, I am coming soon. My reward is with me to repay according to everyone's work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they will have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. It is I, Jesus, who sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let everyone who hears say, come. And let everyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who wishes take the water of life as a gift. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. The one who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. Holy Word, Holy God, thanks be to God. Wednesday was a long day. Once again, our nation was once again roused from our apathy following the horrifying news from Uvalde, Texas. And it wasn't that this was another mass shooting or even a mass shooting at a school, but the magnitude of the carnage, as well as the disturbing reports of police inaction, has put this tragedy in a class of its own. And the script that followed is one that has been enacted by politicians and pundits and religious leaders for decades calls for thoughts and prayers to be with the families and affected community, demands for action on gun control regulations and arguments against said laws because, quote, criminals will find a way to get a gun anyway. Parents, parents who cling to their children tighter, wondering if they should even put them on the bus in the morning. Come, Lord Jesus. On Wednesday, I sat with the Psalms, those 150 songs and poems that encapsulate the entirety of human experience and emotion. 
Yes, the Psalms sing praise and glory of God and the triumph and joy of creation like our Psalm 97 this morning, which I thought it was important for us to hear today. But they also lament, crying out in pain and anguish. They grieve, mourning the suffering of our broken world. They cry out in anger at God because after all, God, aren't you a good God? Aren't you able to keep evil from taking place? Come, Lord Jesus. Yes, Wednesday was a long day. And as I approached Thursday, my typical sermon writing day, I wrestled with what I could possibly say. What words could I conjure up that might in some way speak into the terrific loss and grief that we are all experiencing this morning? I had initially, a couple of months ago, chosen the lectionary text from Acts to preach on. The story of Paul and Silas being imprisoned. But it seemed so woefully inadequate. So on Thursday evening, my wise and wonderful wife suggested I simply glance at the other texts in the lectionary just to see. My eyes stopped on the reading from Revelation 22. See, I am coming soon. My reward is with me to repay according to everyone's work. I've spoken before about how I prefer to preach from the lectionary. It has power, it seems to me, that resides in the fact that we don't get to cherry-pick our texts that we want to read in liturgy In worship, it forces us to read broadly within the canon and often pairs together texts we may not have connected on our own. This forces interpreters and preachers to think differently about texts as they converse with each other. But the lectionary can be bad too. The selection for this Sunday actually slices up the final chapter of this final book. The selection is technically, according to the lectionary, Revelation 22, 12 to 14, 16 to 17, 20 to 21. It removes verses 15, 18, and 19. Sometimes this is done for brevity and other times for thematic consistency. But the way the lectionary removes small chunks of Revelation 22 leaves the reader with only a partial experience of the whole. And worse, it ignores the warning of John himself in verse 19. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. It's why I chose to read it all. Because words matter, friends. Words matter. There's a reason that the Bible tells us that the tongue has the power of life or of death. 
The words we speak or don't speak have consequences and impact and significance far beyond what we can comprehend, even if that's not the intention. John knew this. It's why every single word in this book was intentionally chosen. So when we are flippant with words or remove them here and there, we do the story a disservice. Now the book of Revelation is a difficult one. And probably one of the reasons it only shows up in the lectionary a scant three or four times in a three-year cycle. I try to avoid it. It is eschatological, meaning that it speaks of the end of the world, the end of time itself. And it holds a darker side that, if we ignore select verses, leaves us with a rosy positive picture of this book. It's not that I like the negative stuff, but without it, the edge of John of Patmos's words gets lost. At its core, John's apocalypse is a deep critique of empire. The worship allegiance it requires and how that worship is layered together with exploitative economic structures. I'm currently reading the novel Pachinko by Min Jin Lee. It is a book that follows a family over the course of four generations as they migrate from the Japanese colony in Korea in the early 20th century to Osaka, Japan. At one point in 1940, while Japan is fiercely at war in China and the Pacific, and before they are at war with America, Japanese authorities forced large groups of the population to pledge fidelity to the emperor through worship at a Shinto shrine. One of the characters, a Presbyterian minister, is arrested when, during one of these forced worships of the emperor, he comes to the defense of his church sexton, who was seen to, instead of reciting the correct pledge, mouthing the Lord's Prayer. They are thrown in prison, they are tortured, and eventually die. This is the same type of false worship that John is preaching against in Revelation. And, I would argue, it is the same kind of idol worship that continues to be reenacted every single day in the United States. When we pick and choose the verses we read, omitting the uncomfortable ones, we make it too easy to see ourselves as the righteous. Unless we face the kind of persecution John's community did, this parallel hardly seems apt. And yet, my silence on this issue, or worse, the privilege of being able to select when I respond, is complicity. I am complicit. I am 
complicit. I am complicit. And I must beg God for forgiveness. We must beg God for forgiveness. And perhaps it is here where we can glean a glimpse of hope. Because here, at the end, we still have a choice. People are going to be repaid for their work. There are things we can do to align ourselves with God's sovereignty right now. There is still, even at the end, an invitation. Come. It's repeated three times in verse 17. Come. This is an invitation that is not easy. It is difficult. Particularly when politicians and pundits and principalities are so aligned with the powers of death and corruption and evil. They will tell us that no laws they pass will stop tragedies like this from occurring. They will tell us we are idealistic fools for believing in the way of peace over violence. They will tell us, not with their words, but by their actions, that they are willing to sacrifice the lives of innocence to their idol. But we must resist at every step. They will tell us that all we can do is offer thoughts and prayers. But as writer Austin Channing Brown wrote this week, anyone with the power to pass legislation who instead chooses prayer is both evil and a coward. Reverend Katie Stenta, a good friend of mine who pastors our sister church at New Covenant Presbyterian Church, just up the road, wrote this week, prayer is supposed to nourish the work you do. It is a love letter between you and God, a primordial scream of distress, a moment of sigh and rest, not an excuse to not do the work. Because there is no time to sit back and think about it. Time is up. God is coming soon. If there is good news at the end of Revelation, is that it is that God does not yet seem to have closed the door to heaven, even as God knocks on the door of our world. Next Sunday, on Pentecost Sunday, Our session will be meeting in the afternoon for our biannual retreat 
to discern God's call in our congregational life, to plan, and to vision. One of the things I will be talking to them about is opening up opportunities for us as a community of faith to learn more, not just about nonviolence, but about actively becoming peacemakers in our community and our world. About how to use our voices effectively and intentionally for positive kingdom-building change, particularly around this issue of gun violence. Friends, let us not despair. Though we may have moments of despair, Let us not abdicate our responsibility to our neighbor, though it can be difficult to love our neighbor in political climates such as this. Instead, let us turn with hope and continue to cry out, Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit for our invitation to discipleship as found in your bulletin. The spirit and the church say... Come. The hearers of God's word say, Come. Let everyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who wishes take the water of life as a gift. It is a gift for the people of God from the Spirit of God. Thanks be to God for a love like that. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, I would like to invite Elena to come forward for a minute for mission. And as she is coming forward, I just want to lift up a couple of things uh, in the bulletin. Please do be sure to look through uh, for everything that's going on. We've got a lot going on in the life of our church. Um, But a week from Wednesday on June 8th is our first Brooks Barbecue uh, fundraiser for the year. Um, I know that Bruce uh, could use some more help. We've got enough to make enough volunteers to make it happen, but we could always use more hands. More hands make light work. Um, so if you have any, uh, any questions about that, please talk to Bruce. Uh, and don't forget this coming weekend, the 3rd to the 5th, are, is our Gade Farm Days fundraiser, sponsored by uh, PW, the Presbyterian Women. Um, and there is a coupon in your uh, announcements. Uh, so please uh, take, opp- take the opportunity to uh, head over to there. Good morning. I am here again to talk about the Pentecost special offering. This is the special offering our denomination does that really celebrates and invests into the lives of youth and children. From the day that they are born, and even before they are born, we are busy making plans for our children. Some of our planning is about the really big things, like what will their name be? What college will they go to to help fulfill their dreams? 
but some of our planning is smaller, like what will they wear on the first day of school? What are we going to do for dinner tonight? The truth is, big or small, our lives are consumed with making plans for our children. But no matter how much time we spend making plans, doing our very best for our kids every day, we can never truly know what God's plan is for them. This week, the plans for the lives of 19 students and two teachers were tragically and senselessly cut short by gun violence. Alexandra Anaya Rubio, Alethea Ramirez, Amory Joe Garza, Annabelle Guadalupe Rodriguez, Eliana Cruz Torres, Eliana Ellie Garcia, Eva Mireles, Irma Garcia, Jackie Cazares, Jayla Nicole Seguero, Jace Luevanos, Jose Flores, Layla Salazar, McKenna Lee Elrod, Mete Rodriguez, Miranda Mathis, Nevea Bravo, Rogelio Torres, Tess Marie Marta, Uzziah Garcia, and Xavier Lopez. On the day of Pentecost, as found in Acts chapter 2, Peter brought a message from the Lord, which was as follows. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Old and young. Both are a part of God's plan for his global church. And I don't know what God's plan for those 19 students and two teachers was. But I do know it was not what happened to them, because God never plans for our hurt or our demise. Jeremiah 29.11 says God plans to give us, give our kids, our youth, our children, hope and a future. And for those 21 souls in Texas, their futures were cut short. But I also know this. Through the Pentecost offering, we have a chance to invest in the lives and the futures of God's children. We get a chance to join in ministries that connect young people with one another and also with caring communities that will help them live lives and futures beyond what we could even plan. So, next week we will be receiving the Pentecost offering you have Pentecost offering special envelopes in your bulletin today. I ask that as you give, 
you do so in remembrance of those lives that were tragically cut short and that you give with hope for the God who can make new things. Amen. Friends, God has set us free for service. With gratitude for God's grace, let us offer our tithes and our offerings, our very lives, to the Lord. Tempest, fire and foe. 
Let us pray. Your power and might, O God, bring forth our worship and praise. Your love and mercy, compassionate one, call forth our gratefulness and thanksgiving. In appreciation for your blessing in our lives, we offer you these gifts from our hearts, this fruit of our industry. Receive them, we pray, in the name of the one who ascended to heaven, that our lives here on earth might be filled with your spirit. Amen. This past week I received a letter from Bill Chamberlain, a dear friend who lost his wife to death recently. So many of us have lost our loved ones. And at first when I read this, it was very, very personal. But after this week's experience and the experiences over this past year and beyond, I wish to share this this poem that uh, Bill sent to me. Tis a fearful thing to love what death can touch, to love, to hope, to dream, and to lose. A thing for fools, this love, but a holy thing to love what death can touch. For your life has lived in me, Your laugh once lifted me. Your word was a gift to me. To remember this brings painful joy. Tis a human thing, love, a holy thing, to love what death can touch. May we continue to remember Love is strong. Thank you. Thank you, Betty, for that. And it is uh, Memorial Day uh, this weekend. And uh, we remember uh, with thanks and with humility all of those who have stood uh, in places and times of conflict uh, that have given the ultimate sacrifice. Friends, let us turn to God in prayer. O God, The heavens declare your glory, and the firmament shows for the work of your hands. One day tells its tale to another, and each night imparts knowledge to the next. The sun, the moon, the seas, the dry lands, the plants that enrich the earth, the creatures that swim and fly and run, all these gifts of your creation. Although they have no words or language, their sound goes out to all the lands 
and their messages to the ends of the earth. We offer our prayers for the earth and recommit ourselves to honor and protect it. May we hear the cries of creation and see in its power and beauty your own image and your deep, deep love for what you have made. May we love all of your creation, every grain of sand, every leaf, every ray of light. Ancient trees, pollinating bees, and all animals. May we not trouble the earth's life, or waste its resources, or abuse its beauty. May we look on the natural world with reverence and acknowledge that we are small in the vastness of the universe. We know that for you, O God, all life is like an ocean. All is flowing and blending, and that when we withhold any measure of love from anything in your universe, we withhold that same measure of love from you. Lord God, as we pray, we bring our sisters and brothers, strangers and neighbors into your presence. We rejoice with those who rejoice today, those who have found love, those who have been healed of disease, those who look forward to marriage or the birth of children, those who have meaningful work and happy families, those who have safe and happy homes, those who worship you in freedom and the beauty of holiness. We thank you for Carol and Betty, Katie and Danielle, and the healing that you are working in each of them. We pray that you would continue to strengthen and hold them. And we weep with those who weep today, those who are sick in their bodies, their minds, their spirits, those who have lost beloved we pray for the Putney family as they grieve the loss of Ted. Be with and comfort Sherry and their entire family. We pray for those who grieve losses that have gone by for some time. That even though time has passed, the sting of that loss does not hurt any less. Sons and daughters and fathers and mothers. And this morning, God, we pray with anger and with deep sadness to all who have been lost to gun violence. And we weep particularly with Buffalo Uvalde, Southern California, and the many, many other places that have been touched by these horrors. Heal our nation of our idolatry. Lead us to productive conversation and to legislation that will rid us of this scourge. God, we also pray for those who have lost jobs and who cannot find meaningful work, who struggle for ways to use their gifts 
those who flee their own lands and homes seeking refuge and the strength and grace of a new community. We weep today for and with the people of Ukraine who face unimaginable loss and suffering. Be close to all who suffer this day, O God. And even in the midst of suffering, we offer the gratitude that is in our hearts. Gratitude for our lives, for our church community, for the freedom to worship, for the food and shelter and friendship that sustain us each day. God, on this Memorial Day weekend, we give you thanks for those who have given their lives in defense of the ideals of our nation. May we live into those ideals as the best way to honor them. By your Holy Spirit, hold the church in unity and keep it faithful to your word so that breaking bread together, we we may be one with Christ in faith and love and service now and forever. We pray these things in the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the forever. Amen. I just, I just realized that also... Um, We pray for all of those who continue to suffer from COVID. There are a few people in our congregation who are going through this right now. Uh, Vaccinated and boosted, but still uh, enduring some of these, um, these symptoms. So we pray for their healing as well. Friends, let us now rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we sing our final hymn, number 264.
Beloved, there are treats outside, and they are tasty. And if you don't eat them, I will have to take them home, and I really cannot be doing that. So join us outside. <laughs> but, beloved, let it be known in all the world, the chains of sin and death are broken. Their power is no more. The risen Lord is with us. Go in peace, remembering who you are and whose you are. Amen.